Hey, it's Margot Tantow here. Welcome to Windowsill Chats, a podcast for creatives and the creatively curious. I am so glad you're here. I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself. I've spent time in the trenches, figuring out the best way to get something made, how to put oneself out there, how to get your work noticed, and pull yourself up and face the next challenge. Windowsill Chats brings you creativity from a global perspective, as I talk in depth to friends I've met along the way. I'm here to bring their stories to you, as well as a few of my own, and see if there's anything you can pull out for yourself. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee or a glass of wine and join me over in my sunny windowsill. Yes, I need your trouble. Welcome back to Windowsill Chats. I am so glad you're here today. And if it's your first time, welcome. This is a pretty comfortable little windowsill we've created here. So I'm glad you are joining us. Today, I'm really looking forward to sharing this conversation with you. I am speaking with Kate Shepard. Kate is a lifelong creative and artist and wonderful thinker. This is a really fantastic conversation. A little bit about Kate. She is the founder and lead designer of Morning Moon Nature Jewelry based out of Vancouver, BC. Kate has been a multidisciplinary artist her whole life, immersing herself completely in everything from weaving to painting. I'm sure many of you can relate to wanting to get your fingers in all the things. She's an art instructor, intuition coach, and the host of the top-rated Creative Genius podcast which is a love letter to everyone who has yearned to be more creative. And, you know, that's the bio about Kate that she provided, but I think you'll find that Kate is a deep thinker and she's on a quest to kind of uncover what all of us embrace, stumble over, wonder about, and that is creativity and the creativity inside of us and how we access it and how we talk about it, how it shows up in our lives. Kate has spent, you know, a life manifesting all the things she thought she needed to do, you know, a successful career, a family, a a great brand. And then she felt at the same time that there was something missing and it wasn't really material. Uh, It was really more being in the service of something and having the conversation of what this is inside of us that we all need to access. So she launched the Creative Genius podcast this past fall, and it's the answer to that. It's 100% devoted to the emergence of creativity in people, in all people, everywhere. The podcast is a love letter to everyone who has ever wished they could be more creative, but believed they couldn't. That wish, you know, is creativity asking to be set free. And we super dig into this and it's a wonderful conversation. And I imagine you'll find yourself nodding along at a couple of points. I even got teary because I I just believe in this so much. So enough from me. Here is the wonderful Kate Shepard. Thank you so much, Kate, for being here with me today. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. It's my absolute pleasure. I'm so happy to be here. Oh gosh. Well, I love that you have this juicy podcast and I've listened to some and I feel like you are talking about a subject that is certainly near and dear to my heart. The fact that everybody's creative. I mean, just to to say it in the most simple, simple way. And I I've been having this conversation a lot. I mean, throughout my life, but it comes around to me with others often. So you being a multi-passionate creative are the perfect person to talk to about this because I, I feel like often we're told, oh, you have to pick one thing or what is that shiny, uh, you know, dream you're going to follow or something like that. So I'd love to dig in and find a little bit about more about you, how you got to where you are now, because we're all on the, we're all on the journey. So Tell me about creative Kate and regular Kate and mom Kate and all the Kates. Oh my goodness. Well, I feel like there really only is creative Kate. 
I mean, awesome. she's, 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 she's in everything. Answer. Yeah. There. And that energy, like that creativity has been with me since I was of like, since I can remember, I can't yeah. remember a time when that wasn't in me. Um, you know, and I, and I, yeah, are we, we get told to pick something that I'm so glad you named that because mm. I, that I carried actual like deep shame around that for a very long time. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm blessed to be naturally good at a lot of things that fall into sort of the stereotypical creativity realm. Right. So I'm good at color. I'm good at composition. I'm good at, I have this ability to, I feel like I see in the Fibonacci sequence, like I can look at something mm. and I can feel in my being like, that's too high. That needs to yeah. be down by a millimeter. Yeah. I don't need to measure anything. I was a jeweler for, I was silversmith for years. And I never, like my teachers would get so mad at me because if I was cutting a bezel for a stone, they'd be like, you have to measure that with your, no, I don't have to measure it. I know that's where I cut it. Like I can just see things. Yeah. yeah. I Um, get that too. So I have a lot of, yeah, I just had a lot of like naturally like skills that naturally lent me to being an artist in a lot of different ways. And, and also this just wild child animal curiosity in me like just mm-hmm. wanted to know about I remember I had a friend one time who was like Kate just because something exists in the world doesn't mean you have to go out and learn how to do it and buy all the things to make it and can yes, it just it does. A, yeah and I'm like no she's like can't it just be enough that it exists and I'm like no I have to know what it feels like to make that yeah fascinated that by that the process yeah. yeah so where did the shame come in well, I mean, I think it's a lot of our teachers and our parents who are projecting, you know, their stuff on us from when they were little. And, and also I feel I've come kind of full circle with it now. I used to be really upset because a lot of it came from my mom who was like, you know, you have to pick something. You can't just go out and take, I mean, I was taking printmaking with Japanese masters when I was like 12, you know, mm, like I was yeah. like, I just have to at the community centers and stuff. And I love that. But she, I think, and it comes from love ultimately. Yeah, like I, that's it, true. It, it is shame the way that it comes out in the world and the way we internalize it and the way we carry it until I think what I'm seeing is most of us carry it until we're in our mid midlife. And then we realize, wait a minute, and embrace it. Yeah. But I think it does come from like, I want you to succeed. You know, you have these babies and you, and you want them to do well and you know, you're not going to be around forever to take care of them. And I, I, I think that's where that instinct to like pick something, do something, make it, make something of yourself comes from. It's great that you're creative, but really you should be a business major or yeah. a marketing yes. major. Yeah. Or... And then do that on the side mm-hmm. when, when you have on the weekends, you know, and, mm-hmm. but what I see, especially because so many creatives are, or, and I don't want to say creatives because we're, I, like, I love what you said at the beginning, we are all creative and, mm-hmm. but so many people who, who, you know, at 10 years old have already really deeply connected with that because mm-hmm. we connect with it at different times, but, but the ones of us that are sensitive and found it really early and get told to pick something or, or for whatever reason, separate from it, it causes uh, some pretty serious stuff. Like, and I'm talking about like deep depression and anxiety and suicide. And Mm -hmm. because that, which that thing inside of us that is responsible for feeling those things and bringing that stuff to life is so it feels like it's the most important thing in the world. And so to feel like as you have to disconnect from that most important thing, mm. it's like, well, what else is left? How can I, and, and I think a lot of people can't actually figure out another way to navigate life without that deep connection. And if right. you're not allowed to do that, like, okay, well, what are you supposed to do? Or if it's put in a box or, you know, you want to do it in a certain way, but it's not working or it's not paying the bills or something like that. So you can't, and you have to put it somewhere, you know? And I, I think that's, I love this conversation. I think that's one of the biggest struggles for many of the people I talk to is this. I want this creative me to, to be able to be successful and I have to. So how, how does that work? You know, how does that work when I need to pay the bills? But, but, and I'm told that I, if I, put myself out there in my true form that people will notice, but, but how do I do all that when it's not immediate? You know, it's not like going, getting a job down, down the street where you can get a paycheck, you know, but it's the, it's the most, it's the thing that fills you with the most joy, passion, you know, pick a word. It's why you're here. Yeah. It's why you're here. And so to do anything else, it feels like you're rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. 
Yes. Why would you do anything else? This is, you know, you've, and for some reason you've been given the gift of finding out what you're, so many people are still searching. So Mm. if you know what you're here to do and you know, and I think, I mean, what you're saying can be like meta or micro, like you can, you can apply that ultimately what, what it boils down to is how willing are you to be with uncertainty because Mm -hmm. an uncertainty, even if you think about Mm. like, you know, a painting, Mm -hmm. the paintings that I go into and I say like, Oh, I had this dream last night and I want to, and I, it's pink in the middle and it's blue over here. And I'm going to go in there and I, and I have this idea. I go to the canvas with an idea of what I need to do. Hardly ever, hardly ever, ever, ever have those turned out Um, because I go in with this idea of what it has to be. Yeah. Ones where I go in and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to play. I'm going to see color on the shelf. Am I drawn to right now? Mm-hmm. Um, what happens if I do this? I've never mixed those two colors together. Oh no. What would happen if I did? Am I going to wreck it? <laughs> but, but that uncertainty is what leads to the magic. And I, yes, and that to me has become a metaphor for life too. And so, yeah, you know, you don't know whether or not, you know, pursuing the career in XYZ creative, whatever the dream is for you. You don't know if that's going to work out, but you also don't know if your job is an accountant, it's going to, you're going to get laid off when that company gets bought out. And like, you just, there's no, we all, we all know that there's no certainty. So why not be uncertain about the thing that you actually are alive about? And that's a really good thing to, to remember. How willing are you to live in uncertainty because, and how much of it, because if you live, uh, what is uncertainty? Uncertainty is risk and it's exciting and it's fulfilling that thing that's, that's speaking to you. You know, if, if you like, I don't know, to pick one, I really wanted to move to Vashon Island, Washington, and I lived halfway across the country. And there's all sorts of a long list of reasons why that would be very hard to bring to fruition. And here I am. So you, you, I mean, <laughs> again, that's a long story, but I, I tend to be, and maybe it's creatives in general, um, or, or people that have been told they can dream and follow those dreams. And I was lucky to have parents that told me that, um, but I still had to figure out for myself. So it's that jumping off, you know, giving yourself those wings and see, seeing where they lead you, but uncertainty. I mean, we, we all deal with it every day. Should I, should I start a podcast? Should I put this program into the world? Should I paint this painting? Should I show anybody endless, you know, fill, fill in the blank. Um, and I think, I just think there's so much to that and man, keep going. Cause well, I had some more trust. Thoughts. I feel like it's trust. So I think yeah, definitely what, what we're yearning for is to collaborate with this magical energy that lives inside of us that we sometimes call creativity. We sometimes call God. We sometimes call spirit, the divine, your soul, whatever name mm-hmm. you want to call it. It's that undeniable energy that you've all, we've all felt undeniable. And we, that's the yearning is to create with that. Mm-hmm. And the human in us is terrified of relinquishing any kind of control. Cause the human in us is like, no, it's me. That's doing the creating. I it's, I'm doing it. I have to, but what happens when we let go and we trust that we actually have this silent partner mm-hmm. um, hmm. is that there's a confidence in the unknown that can start to grow and get bigger. Cause you yeah. start to see, hang on a minute. It's actually not me holding myself up here. Right, There's this right. amazing energy force. And I can't, you know, I know what it's called. I cry when I think about it. I sit mm-hmm. in meditation and I weep to it. Cause I love mm-hmm. this thing so much and I have no idea what it really is or how exactly. it really works, uh, but yeah. I've dedicated my life to it. And it's, it is the love of my life. And I'm not different than anybody else. We all have that love and yearning. And, you know, since Rumi, like that's who Rumi was talking to. Yes, absolutely. uh, Yeah. But, but we've divorced ourselves from the ability to trust that. And it's there. So it's like crazy because it's there in every moment yet. We're just like, but I can't trust you because you're, because it doesn't work in a rational mind kind of way. And this is, we've really developed such a rational mind kind of world, you know? Absolutely. And I think, you know, just to, just to get through the day to day and to relate to so many just to humanity around us. So when you can find those other people or those moments or those ways, meditation, painting, call it, you know, you can get, I feel like you can get in that zone, obviously when you're creating and 
just to release yourself, let yourself go into that. It is, it's the best zone to be in best possible. Well, and you're building a relationship with the best friend you'll ever have. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, people are probably thinking right now, but how do I get there? Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the first thing is you have to be quiet. Mm-hmm. You have to be quiet and you have to want it. Yes, you do. And you have, you have to, to, a you certain have to leave extent, space for it. Yeah. You definitely have to leave space for it. And you have to be willing to realize that what you've been doing isn't getting you there consistently, yeah, right? Like sure. if you're, if you're asking that question, <laughs> the first how do I get there? Do. Yeah. If you're like, I can't, or how do I, how do I, then what you need to realize is, okay, well then if I'm asking that question, that means that I'm not having that experience, which means that what I'm doing, the kinds of things that I'm doing are not likely to get me there. They're likely to continue to get me the experiences that I've been having. So am I willing to try something new? Mm-hmm. And I think the new things are, you know, listening to conversations like this and then, yeah. And then in the, in that little, like, wow, like if there's something in this episode where, you know, the listener is saying, oh, I felt that like, stay with that feeling for five minutes afterwards, you know, Mm -hmm. don't rush off to the next thing, sit down for a second and like, let yourself be spoken to, because the thing about creativity is it's never going to chase you down the street. Right. At the same time as it's been there, the thing that you love has been with you since you were 10 or three or however far back. Like if you look, I talked to somebody the other day who has built this massive empire of interior design and she's got like a huge Facebook group and a huge company and like millions of like, you know, whatever. And she can remember since the time she was like six, that's all she wanted to do is draw rooms. Like that thing that you love has been with you. So in a way it it, it both doesn't ever leave you, but it will not ever yell at you and it will not ever try to get your attention and make you sit down and Mm. you have to sit down. It's waiting for you to sit down and say, okay, let's do this together but it isn't going to chase you down the street. It's like that best friend who is just knows, knows that they just need to give you room to call them, to be with them. And they're always going to be there, but it's your, it's only the best time when it's the best time for you. So they're there and they're not going to yell at you that creative thing. I mean, sometimes yes, where you're, you're, you're inspired by something and it's like, Oh, I have to go do that thing. But it is always there it is always and it's there. A, and sometimes if you're not being if you're not if you're really if it's because it, it spends a lot of its energy trying to lay beautiful things before us right like yeah. for hints it's like I'm gonna put this here and maybe yeah. she'll listen to me if I put this and then this and yeah. then because it speaks to us through desire right like the and the curiosity yeah. and the and if you're really being obtuse and ignoring it then it will maybe amplify it itself oh, sure. and so, we can yeah. bury it way down there yeah. way down there yeah. you know i love that you said that the, the interior designer had always done that my my mom was an interior designer too and she often uh recalls when she was little in the fall in their yard sweeping the leaves into rooms you know like literal like a whole house plan you know and this those would be the walls and the, and I, you know, it's those little things that are fun to think about what led that person to do what they do, et cetera. You know, did you start, so I know you had, you have, and had jewelry, beautiful jewelry and you paint and you mentioned that you like to try all the things kind of what was, how did your foray go into being a professional creative? Um, well, I mean, ever since I was like really little, I would collect stuff to make art with, like, like in my room was just filled with stuff. I love rocks. I have, and to this day I have baskets. It's ridiculous. Like if I ever have to move, God help me. Cause I have like <laughs> these huge baskets filled with rock. And yeah. so I think it started as like a, just a reverence for beauty. I love and natural beauty and form that. and yeah. Um, and then, you know, as I grew up, there was like, well, there's this at the community center and you can try that and you can try this. And so I've always really loved painting. And I love, I love the way that just pigment even just moves across, uh, like there's something about that and watching yeah. your hand create this thing. Um, so I always loved that. And then when I was going into high school, there was an opportunity to apply for this like specialized, we, I grew up in Ottawa here in Canada and there's a school there called Canterbury. And it's like, it was like a miniature version of fame. You remember the show fame? Oh gosh, cool. 
So there was a visual arts program and a writing program and a a music program and a drama program. And uh, I think when I was going, they were just starting the writing program. And so you, but you had to apply and audition to get in. So you're, you know, I was in grade eight, which I think you're like 14 and I'm, you know, auditioning for the school and I got in and I got in for both drama and visual arts and I had to choose and I chose visual arts. And so, you know, homeroom for me was life drawing with a nude model. Um, So great. And it was incredible. And unfortunately I, you know, I came from a really tumultuous childhood and family and there was a lot of addiction and violence and chaos. And I ended up having to leave high school when I was in grade 10. So I was only mm-hmm. one and a half years into that program. Cause I, I had to be on my own oh gosh, yeah. and get a job and support myself and do all that kind of stuff. Uh, but that, I mean, that never left yeah. me and I right. kept it just, it's always been the thing that has been there for me when things get hard or when things are great. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of the companion that I've had. It's so nice um, that you can, um, reach down and call on that companion. It, and I feel like it's, I don't even have to do that. I feel like it's kind of always just there going like, hi, sweetheart, let's just go draw something right mm-hmm. now or whatever it is. Uh, and then, uh, so I, I, um, when I was about 20, early twenties, I paint, I was painting and interested in jewelry, but hadn't started making it yet. And I took a bunch of my paintings to a jewelry store that also had a gallery okay. uh, next door and they owners knew each other. And I was green. I had no idea. I hadn't finished my high school even. So I, nobody had taught me about the business side of things like none of that. Yeah. And I went in with this portfolio and these paintings. And I was like, do you want to do a show with my work? And they were like, sweetheart, that's not how it works. This is a gallery. And you have to like, they were very snooty typical yeah. gallery. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, I'm here. Why don't you just look at it? Yeah. And so they did. And they were like, oh, actually, okay. Yes. We would love to represent you. And why don't we talk about the media and this and that, that, da, da, da. and oh, they gosh. sent me home with a phone number and an appointment and dates. And, but then something really sad happened. I went out to the bus stop and it was minus 30. I don't know what that is in American, but uh, it was, it's very, very cold. Like your skin is freezing. Yes. (laughs) And I was at the bus stop and it was a beautiful sunny winter day. And this fear just totally settled over my entire being of like, what if you can never paint again? What if these are your only good paintings that you'll ever produce? What if they want more from you and you can't, what if you're an, like what all the imposter stuff, all of it. And it totally paralyzed me. And I didn't paint for 20 years. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my I gosh. just started oh, painting just again after all that time, about two years ago, after leaving a, a marriage that wasn't working. And I was just like, okay, what else is it working? I burned down all the things that aren't working. What else is it working? This idea that I can't be a painter because I thought I wouldn't be good. Right. That was the story. I was like, I thought I wouldn't be good. And you don't realize at that point when you walk in, think you should show somebody they say no. And then they say, yes, you don't realize what that means. That means a lot because there's so many that they say no to. And they said, yes, which means you've got what it takes, but you haven't lived the experiences yet to know that you, to know that there's, you know, I, I don't know how old your kiddos are, but mine's almost 14. And just knowing that the things he's going through, he has to go through. I mean, I, we've all been there, right? But oh, yeah, it's hard to watch. It's hard. Uh, but oh my goodness. So you can literally remember standing there, the bus stop, the sunny day, the paintings in your hand, under your arm, whatever. And then 20 years later. Yeah. Wow. And I dabbled a little bit and I, and I would always go to the art store. I was always, that was, that's where I wanted to be all the time. I would go and I had, I had, I bought paint. And I sure. bought paintbrushes and I never let myself paint because I thought, and then I heard somebody say something or I read it somewhere a little while ago. And she's like, I wish I could remember who it was. I don't even know if I know who it was. It was like something, I, a meme I read on Facebook. The thing that you hate about your art is actually the thing that makes it so special. Uh-huh. And I think that was part of what was going on for me was I was like, well, I'm not good. And so I couldn't see what I actually was because I was trying to be this other thing. I was trying to be right. good. So what, right. I don't even know what that was. Whatever that meant. I was right. trying to be this other thing rather than like, well, what? And that's where the societal norms come in. It yeah. should, shouldn't it look like this? Or that's yeah. what I saw, or I can't possibly, or 
they said no. And then they said, yes. So they must've just been being nice. And you know, all or it was some kind things. of crazy mistake or it was a misunderstanding <laughs> or they're going to realize who I really am in a minute. And they're going to change their mind, like all that stuff. Yeah. All mm. that stuff. And so then I created a jewelry business. I learned how to become a silversmith and here's how I hid in creativity and plain sight. I took, um, things from nature. Mm-hmm. So like little abalone shells mm-hmm. and cedar branches and all kinds of things from nature and uh, made them into really beautiful jewelry. And I was behind the scenes collaborating. Like you can't just grab a stick from a tree and make it into something that works as a piece right. of jewelry. Like you, there's some, you know, artistry that goes on behind the scenes to make it. But perfect. nature made your shapes. Your but nature shapes. made my shapes. Mm-hmm. And I was sort of not hiding behind, but I was sort of leaning on nature as my, that's a little of, bit, a little safe. Yeah. It's totally safe. And I, I, I had a huge business. It's beautiful jewelry. For, oh, and thank you. Beautiful. And I love it. And I don't ever plan to stop making it. It's wonderful. Yeah. But it's like the comfortable, it's like my comfort zone. Uh-huh. And creatively, you know, that creativity inside of me didn't want me to stay in my comfort zone. It never wants us to stay in our comfort no, zone. No, no, no. And it's wonderful that it's given me this gift and I love it and I'll keep doing it. And I think, you know, thank it every day. But the stuff that's outside of my comfort zone is, is painting. That's and where the mojo is. Yeah. And that's where the, you know, I'll do a line and I'll realize like, oh, that's so ugly. And then go, well, wait a minute. Like, what's going on here? Why am I being so hard on myself? Or am I in a, in a bad mood? Or like, it could just teach you so much, right? Like, and- Right. My brain is going in many tangents that I want to follow down. We'll see where, which ones I get to. I love that you, you've had these thoughts that are probably closer to the front of your brain and not depending on, on the day, but I love that you've brought those forward and are having these conversations on the podcast and with friends, I'm sure, but I'd love to know how it, you got there to that point where you just thought I need to shift and put some of these thoughts into the world in a different way. Yeah. I, um, I was in, uh, I have little, my little kids are seven and nine, you know, so I had been married for about 10 or 12 years around that time, but the relationship wasn't really serving either of us. It wasn't. And so there was a lot of toxicity in it um, because we weren't right for each other. Yeah. And, but it was pretty bad and I was ignoring it totally shoving it down. Much like, easier totally. To yeah. Like I can there. get through this and I'm an artist. How would I, how would I possibly do this by myself anyway? And like a million re- the kids and they need to have their parents, like all that stuff. Yep. And, um, I don't know what happened. I dropped the kids off at school one morning and it was, I also live in the Pacific Northwest and mm-hmm. it was a drizzly rainy morning and I dropped them off and I came home. This is just before COVID, maybe like a year or so before COVID. And I lit a little candle and just before I got into my day, I would sort of sit there and just think for a minute, or like what's, what's going on. And I just had be- suddenly became aware of this presence inside of me that, you know, creativity that we're talking about. And I realized just so many things in that moment about how I'd been shoving down this rate. It felt like I had this radiant being right here who was giving, whispering to me, no, sweetheart, like trust this and go there and do this. And, and I was doing everything possible to just shove all of that down because what she was saying to me was absolutely inconvenient. (laughs) Right. She was saying like, you need to leave your marriage. You need to start painting. You need to be vulnerable. You need to take a risk. Like all the things. Right. And I was like, no, 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 no. Shove, 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 shove. And I saw that that's what I was doing in that moment. Yeah. And I started crying in a way that I don't think I'd ever cried before. And it wasn't like ugly sobbing. It was just like this weeping came from a different place. It came from a different place. It was like this real. And I, in that moment became devoted to this thing. And then as time went on, and I, you know, took the brave steps to leave the marriage. And by the way, all that was happening in the middle of COVID. And like, it was just, yeah. It, oh my gosh. Very brave steps. Very brave. Crazy and crazy timing and all that. Um, yeah. There, I noticed there was this other sort of yearning inside of me, which was to be in service, you know, and I couldn't mm-hmm. really, cause I, at that time, you know, I had, I had created a, an amazing business where I, you know, it was like a license to print money. I was selling it at this busy market in Vancouver. And I was just like, I had my little kids and everything. Like all that was working really well. And I had my house and I like, I had everything. I had all the things, but there was something missing. There was like, and so I was like, okay, well, what is it I'm yearning for? And I realized it was to be in service. And I was like, okay, to what? And then I realized it was in service to this energy itself, because what I'm realizing is creativity is really done with being shoved down mm-hmm. and not just in me. Right. You know, we live in a, in a 
culture that for whatever reason wants to take the soul out of humanity. Mm-hmm. And this is the way it's, it's done it. And, and the soul is like, okay, I'll let you play with that for a little while, but that's over now. All and done. I, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel this like tide rising of it's just everywhere. There's this, you can feel creativity going, I am back or really I'm can. whatever yeah. you can feel it. And, and that's my role in that is to be, you know, I wake up every morning and I say, I, I say to myself, there's a little post-it note over my garbage can in the kitchen. <laughs> and it says I'm in service to the emergence of creativity in everyone. Uh, uh, and that, that so feels great. like my life calling. And you know, that means me too, right? Like I'm also, mm-hmm. I also need to let myself emerge more and more as an artist, but that's, that's why I found myself kind of pausing my art career and throwing myself full on into creating this podcast that I'm doing because that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that so much. Today's episode is brought to you by windowsill workshops. What are windowsill workshops? You might ask. They are monthly live workshops featuring one of our clever podcast guests as your creative teacher. Now you can do more than just listen in on your favorite creatives. You can play, create, and experiment with new artistic modalities and outlets and gain hands-on knowledge from our amazing guests. Have you ever wanted to try painting with gouache? Learn the secret of a perfect pie crust? Make your own journal? Block print on a favorite pair of pants? Try paper mache or get the best tips on painted paper collage? Well, Windowsill Workshop takes place live on Zoom the third Saturday of each month at 11 o'clock Pacific Time. That's two o'clock in the afternoon, Eastern Standard Time. And don't worry if you're not able to attend live though. These workshops are available for replay so you don't have to miss out on the fun. Windowsill Workshops are new each month and give you a chance to ask questions, be in community with others, create connections, and learn a variety of new skills you may have never thought of trying your hand at before. Some of our teachers this year include Tracy English, Dale Bennett, Jennifer Orkin Lewis, Lori Siebert and Tom Conway. There's one each month. So that's 12 this year and we're not going to stop there. To learn more about Windowsill Workshops and get all the details on upcoming guests, head on over to www.tantostudio.com backslash Windowsill Workshops or just head to tantostudio.com and click on the Windowsill Workshops tab. It is never too late to try something new. So come and get creative with us. We have the most fun you know, I think about it often and I, and I speak to it here and there, but I remember, and sorry for repeating this story to anybody who's heard it before, but it's one that always comes back to me. I remember my drawing class in college because I was a design, I went into college to be a graphic design major for the, all those very same reasons, because I was always the creative one. I always drew, I always you know, was, had my hands in some project or another. And if something needed to be lettered or written up, I was the one who did that. And so the natural thing was to go to school and do something creative since that was the track I was on, but it was, I was also very encouraged not to go to California college of the arts, but to go to a school where I could get a more well-rounded education. Right. right? right. So that I would graduate with something. So <laughs> it, yeah. So I, when I, I like cool. shine, but not too brightly, like do your thing, <laughs> but not totally. You Don't can do anything you totally want, but make sure thing. you have this foundation while you're there. And so, you know, Oh God, I sat through these classes that were just zero interest to me, <laughs> like I, because I had to. And, um, then the creative part was, I would say, damped down because I was not surrounded by that. I was surrounded by, I mean, it was a great experience. Don't get me wrong, but I ended up, what would have happened if I had gone to an art school or something like that? And I, so anyway, I digress, but the drawing class, there was a football player in there and it was a non-scholarship. It was a good football program, but it was a non-scholarship school. And so these guys actually had to get a B average to play TMI, but there you go. So he was in this art class, probably thinking it was going to be easy but all he could draw, he literally, it's so emblazoned in my mind. I can even see where he was standing. He, a stick figure, he could, that's what he could draw. And he, I can remember looking at him and he obviously felt uncomfortable because he was out of his element, but there he was 
very, he's probably gay, you know, and the like there was probably all these things he was trying to figure out, but just, you know, at that time, but we practiced, right? Because it was a drawing class. So we sketched and we practiced and we had to draw palm trees and we had to do this and that and this and that. And I remember thinking in my snotty little way at the time, like, well, he can only draw stick figures and I can draw this way or whatever. But by the end, I just remember feeling so much pride for him, so proud of him and, and watching him kind of do his final project because he was so surprised himself. Of course you're creative because we all are. And I read a really interesting article just recently when I was kind of doing a little deep dive into creative block. Um, Cause I used to say that to my, the, my dear friend who used to cut my hair, she'd be like, Oh, I'm not creative. Like, what do you think you're doing right now? You are so creative or, or the person who packs a moving truck and puts those boxes in just tetrisly perfect. You know, there's so many ways that creativity comes out, but because of societal means, norms, whatever, you're a guy, so you can't express that. Or you're a lawyer, so you can't. Maria Brito, who I talked to a, a while back, she was a high-powered lawyer in New York and, and turned her whole life into following creative pursuits. And the happiness and the bubbling up that comes from paying attention to your creative side, whatever that is. Are you great at making pie? Make pie, you know, whatever that thing is that ex- that helps you to express yourself. But I find your story so interesting because that fear factor and that comparison, comparison to somebody or, or nobody, um, the things that stop us and the, also the fact that you say you, you hid your creativity behind these beautiful pieces of nature. I, I, as, as that prodding coach that I am, I would say like, I would love to see what your jewelry line would look at if you didn't put anything in it, but what came from your mind, you couldn't cast anything, but unless you carved it yourself, you know what I mean? I would love to know what that looked like then. Just those yeah, little things. And, and I've done that. I mean, if, in, I'm those sure ten, you have. in those 10 years that I did that, I did give me, you know, I was able to sell a bunch of jewelry and then go, Oh, I have all this money. I can buy this piece of equipment yeah. or this tool or that. And so I was able to grow it and then, you know, change it. And then those pieces of course became, you know, and so it, it, it did, even in that hiding creativity was like, okay, this feels safe. Okay. I'm going to, but I'm going to get, make you curious about this. I'm going to make you curious about that. I'm going to coax you out. And it did, it coaxed me out into being able to create, you know, things that were not just literal I castings th- from. I think that's a beautiful thing of the, of the path because it, you're building your um, confidence, right? Because you you put something out into the world, that beautiful jewelry that, you know, that came from nature and people said, oh, I love that. I love that. I want to buy that. And then, so your confidence, no matter what what's in front or behind it is saying like, oh, they love that. So maybe I'll try this, you know, and that's part of that creative path and and being able to allow yourself to bloom into it. Yeah. And, you know, I often say that I feel like humanity is glitching because mm-hmm. we've, because we're designed to, and maybe there's more facets to it that I don't know yet. Cause there's so much, I don't know, but I, the way I see it right now is that we have the rational mind and we have the creative intelligence. There are two very important forms of intelligence that we're designed to work together. And what we've done is we've created an entire world. That's just rational mind. Mm. And so, and the image I get whenever I talk about this is a sea turtle swimming in a circle because it's just one flipper, right? You're just, you can only go so far with one, but if you've got both of them going, then all of a sudden you've got forward motion. Yeah. And so, you know, that, and I love that you say lawyer because uh, I, I had to have a lawyer recently for obvious reasons Yeah. and she was an amazing woman. And I remember sitting at her desk one day and she was just looking at me going in awe, like, oh, you're an artist. And I've always just wished I could be an artist. And I looked at her and I said, that wish is the artist in you trying to get your attention. Yeah. And it's I bet she didn't know what to say to that. Oh, no. And then she, she just like her, she softened. And it yeah. was like, there was this like love and like possibility. And it was just like a world became available to her in that moment. You saw her. That I in saw that her. Moment. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think that's such, I, that's the main thing for over and over again, 
you know, all the classes you can take online and all the things. And it's really, we're just looking for somebody to say, yes, you're enough. You, here's some feedback. Here's, here's a hand here, grab on. You found a safe place. You found your people. And I I think it, it comes to bear over and over again in this creative, you know, strata that we're in the support from others is always there. It's always right there. It's so people are so kind. People are so kind. And I had all these stories about uh, social media and, you know, how I have made friends that I cannot even believe I'm lucky enough to know. Mm -hmm. And some of them I may not ever meet, but Mm -hmm. I feel are like my soul family. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they, you know, I found them online. I found them on Instagram. I found them sharing my work and being vulnerable and doing my own podcast and doing, you know, all that stuff. And I feel like if it's, again, it comes down to willingness. You know, originally you asked like, what, you know, for the person who's not sure what it's a willingness. And if you're willing to allow yourself to be seen, then you'll find your people and you'll find your community and then they will, they will help you. They will coax you out. They will give you that confidence. They will, but you have, but it all, but it, it, it can't actually start on the other way. You can't wait till you find the people you have to find the willingness in yourself to be vulnerable, to try something new, to be in uncertainty and to just also allow, because it doesn't ha- the rational mind is like, okay, well, I'm going to, I check, I did it. I'm willing. Yeah. I look at that. I'm here. I'm out. Okay. We're, but it didn't happen. No, no, <laughs> but it's going to, ha- it'll, you have to give it a little, give it a breath, <laughs> give it some time to, but it, willingness is so important. It really is. And, and just that little bit of vulnerability. Oh my gosh. The doors it opens because there's 20 other people that are like, oh my gosh, I wanted to say that. And I didn't know how, or I feel that way too, or I can relate to that. And, and they're instantaneously drawn to that sameness, vulnerability, honesty, pureness, whatever that is. And, and it's hard to do. It's hard to put yourself out there. And, and we're really all, we're, say, we're all waiting for somebody to go first. Oh, right? yeah, all like are, we're, yeah. We're all waiting for the other person <laughs> to go first. And don't you love the people in your life who are the ones who are willing to go first? Because yes. they just give you permission, especially in this context. Like these things that we're talking about are very, like we've been conditioned for hundreds of years to not talk about these things. Yes. You know, I remember when I was a teenager going, why is love, why do people make fun of love? Yeah. Like, that's so strange to me. Why? Like, so we're undoing all of that. And, and so there's so much fear around the undoing of that, but when somebody around you is willing to, so if you know that the the amazing feeling that happens when you're around somebody who's willing to go first, maybe you could take a turn being the one who goes first, just, just one time, see what happens. I agree. Sometimes I think about, for for instance, just style alone, what people wear something. And I'll think I was so, I felt so crazy out there wearing, I don't know, chartreuse right and now it's everywhere you know it's those little things or like I can't believe I put a painting out that looked like that or or said something or whatever it is and then it and then it becomes more present and it's because somebody went first or a few people in the same sort of zone it's interesting when that happens too it's yeah and don't you notice like all the people who are who are like the most charismatic artists or performers or all the ones that we're drawn to like a moth to light are the ones who are just unapologetically their weird, full, yes. true selves. Uh, it's true. And, and if you get anything from that, realize that it's okay to be that because, and that's it's where your job to be that it is your it's job. not, to, it's actually, I'm going to go beyond that and say, it's not just okay to be that we're at a point with humanity and the planet and we're thinking it is your responsibility to unearth what you really are and stand guard at the door of that and fiercely protect that as a parent, what a child leaving the nest so that it can get out of the world, because that's the only thing that's going to save us. You are so right. It is, it is our job. It's our purpose. It, when you can't, when you feel like, how am I going to possibly move the needle and make a difference? That's how, if you can be your true self and put your beliefs firmly into the world. And even if you don't know how to firmly do it, just put a foot out there because the next one will follow behind. It will follow. And you'll be inspiring people around you. Yeah. To have to be brave enough to take their first step too. Mm. How do you teach your kiddos that? 
Oh, a lot of honesty. I mess up all the time. I, I, <laughs> um, I'm just really real with them. And, uh, you know, we were in the, we were in the, in the studio the other day and we had this huge, big, it was like five by five canvas, huge canvas. Nice. And I'd primed it and it had all my nice pink colors on it. And I was going to work on it myself. And it was like, it had all the gesso and it had the layer and it was just the underlay. Right. I was just, it was just right. And they were like, mama, can we paint with you? And I was like, yes. Um, <laughs> and so I just kind of like was really honest with them about like, I, I made this canvas and I kind of wanted it to be for me. And, but now you guys are here and I want it to be for us, but I'm also like, I'm having feelings about it. And they're like, okay. And and they're little, right? Like sometimes they're like, yeah. okay, mama, whatever. And let's just, yeah. where's the paint? Yeah. Uh, but they were tentative. It was really fascinating to watch that. Cause they were, they were, I told them that they could make a mess, but mm. I think that they sort of felt like they couldn't still. Oh, interesting. And cause I, cause I think there was part of me that really actually didn't want them to make a mess. Cause yeah. I've got enough yeah. on my plate. Like, I don't really want you to make a huge <laughs> big mess right now, but yeah. I kind of, but I, but I do like conceptually, I want you to. <laughs> so it was interesting for me to work through all that stuff. And they had like, they were getting these uh, things of acrylic paint, mixing them with water and like putting all these drips on the canvas. And they were, it was, they were making a glorious mess, but they kept looking at me like, is this okay? Oh. Is this okay? And I was like, fine. At one point I just realized like, what are you doing? Like, why are you holding on to, Yeah. there's a million other canvases on the right. shelf. Like just say, let them, there's another God. One. yeah. Cause I was doing the thing to them that had been done to me. Right. In that moment yeah. of like, you have to be, it has to I'll make it look nice. Let's make yeah. it look, you oh. can put stuff on my canvas, but can it be nice? Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. And so we just let it go and we made a mess and my, they had my son who's like into soccer and all he wants is his iPad right now. Cause it's, yeah. well, I've held that at bay. His dad is like, go ahead, use the iPad. So yeah. he's kind of addicted to his. Yeah. I have one of those. He was, he, at one point he, and he's always fighting with his sister because they're he's so jealous of her. And there's just this, like, there's so, the, for two hours, we were just in the, making a big mess and having fun. And he, at one point he looked at me and he said, I am having, I understand why you love coming out here so much. I'm having the best time with you guys. And then he said, I also understand collaboration more than I ever have before. Oh my gosh. And I said, Oh, and he said, because it's so much more fun to be doing something that you love with people that you love than to make something look the way you wanted it to look. Oh my God. I could cry. Oh, that is amazing. amazing. Uh, how old is he? Nine, wow. but he's like 500. Like he's been yes. here. And like, yeah. He, he, but they both like, I, oh, I wish I could find it. My daughter, a memory popped up on Facebook the other day. She's seven. So she was five when she said this and it was a, she was windexing the chairs and she said, oh, I have to find it for you. I'll tell you after you can put it in your show notes or something. Yeah, but she said, yeah. she, she just out of nowhere, we were, I was quiet writing and she was Windex. She used to love to Windex the chairs. I don't know why. And she looked up at me and she said, mama, love is love. You can do what you want. Everything's okay. Or something like that. It was like three sentences. And I was just like, what? Oh, but they're always, they're always, because that intelligence is running through them. But I, exactly. I think we, on, we only it's don't there. hear it because we're so busy, whatever. Um, so I teach them that just by a commitment to being really honest with myself about my own shit. Sorry yeah. to say that, yeah. but yeah. I, I, cause I'm a human. I've been right. deeply conditioned by the world that we live in. I have all kinds of garbage around where I'm not free and what I can't do and what is okay and what isn't okay. But I also now have an awareness of it too. I know it's there. And mm-hmm. so with, with, and then, and then I also have a love for them. That's so deep that I don't want to pass that on to them. And so whenever I can catch myself, projecting that stuff onto them. I just, even if it's too late, I'll, I'll say like, Oh, I actually, you know, a minute ago when I grabbed that painting from you, cause yeah. I said it was done and you weren't done or whatever controlling thing I did. Yeah. I'll own it and, and name it. And it's not perfect. And it, those moments still happen, but I think that's how I'm trying to teach them is just to just, it's okay. Yeah. We're going to mess up and you're human. And if you can come back around to it, call it out, talk about it and say, you know, here, here, let's try cal- collaborating this way. You know? And laugh at it, like laugh yeah. at how, like how ridiculous is it that I'm trying to control what my kids are doing on a canvas. That's like a $40 canvas that I can buy again. Like, but I became very precious about it. And so to have like a lightness yeah. of like, look at the part of me that was so contracted that it thought that that was important. Well, even you, know? you being able to call that out about yourself at that moment changed the whole thing. And, yeah. and it was something that you'll take with you in the future, yeah. you know? Oh, so good. And circling back to the hard 
few years you've had, I mean, I think we don't leave things often because of our kids or because what will somebody think or whatever the reasons. Um, I don't think I can, but you're also teaching them what it can look like to do what you need to for yourself. And that's, I don't think there's any bigger lesson and certainly creativity plays into that, but, but listening to yourself is the thing. Yeah. And when I realized that I was, uh, shoving down a knowing that I had about something I needed Mm. to try to make another set of people happy or to try to strategize life and make it work in my certain way and control. I realized that that was actually what I was teaching them. Yes. Yes. And did I want that for them? Did I want to see my daughter or my son grow up and find themselves in a relationship that felt wrong Mm -hmm. and stay in it because that's what you're supposed to do, or that's what the rule says, or that's what, no, that's not. And it broke their hearts. Of course I knew that it was going to break their hearts to, but we talk about it all the time. And look how much happier everybody is now. And mom and dad are actually friends now. And like, it's, it's a different, it's night and day and there's still pain for them around it. But I feel like because of that clarity and because the intention was to, I want everybody to be able to feel free in, in our family. And sometimes you have to be not together to be free and that's That's hard, but the listening there's cause you're that voice inside of you especially if it's like coming from your, you know, if it's coming from your gut, you know, there's certain things you just know, like you're like, I know, oh, this is a knowing. Yeah. You can't unknow them. And so yeah. then it's just a matter of time. Like how much, how long do you want to prolong the suffering? And you know, just, you can't, you can't unknow it. It's just letting it have a voice. Yeah. And also knowing that you're not just suffering because you're in a situation that doesn't work. You're suffering because you're, you're, suffocating a part of yourself that you love so deeply. And there's also a separation that you're having from your own true self. And that is probably more painful even mm. than the situation that that's causing you to be in. So there's true. like double suffering when you're not listening, at least when you're listening, you're like, yeah, the situation is hard. It's uncertain. I have no idea how I'm going to make it all work, but I, but I'm not divorced from that thing in myself that I love mm. or that loves me. I'm so glad there are there's a place for people to hear more of these conversations from you because they're so rich and so meaningful. I'm so glad you started your podcast. Tell, tell people a little bit about it and just a little bit about why it's there. Yeah. I mean, it's all of the things we've been talking about. I realized that humanity was glitching because we've only been listening to this one part of ourselves and there's a yearning to to listen to something else. And, and that creativity is a great, you know, it, I realized it was my super creativity is my superpower. Like right? mm-hmm. if you had to think about like the one thing that you're, and so that was kind of my doorway to the conversations. I talked to people who are, you know, free, creatively free mm-hmm. and who can have this conversation so that we can shine a light on it. Because I think when you hear these stories from other people and you hear these conversations, it, it's like, Oh, now I see myself in that. And I see myself in that. And and yeah, it's been a, it's been an incredible journey and it's only, we've only just begun. I know it's called the creative genius yes. podcast. Sorry. Yeah. It's called the creative genius podcast. And I love that that name was available because it's a perfect name. I think it scared a lot of people, which is probably why it is available. And I actually had family members say like, oh, you shouldn't call it that. Cause people are going to think you're talking about yourself. And I was like, well, first of all, what's wrong with that? Like, <laughs> that's I part of the, that it's part of the whole problem like that we can't call ourselves geniuses that's part of the problem I'm trying to fix uh but yeah it's there are there were a couple other podcasts called creative genius but this is creative genius with Kate Shepard so it, you know I found it right away it did, did you okay it did not bring other podcasts up that's good maybe because it just knew what I was looking it just for. knew what you were looking for yeah and it's I can't even believe the people that I mean I'm only I've only think dropped 12 episodes and the 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 people that are coming to me naturally and the people that I'm having an opportunity to interview, it's blowing my mind. And the conversations are, I had a conversation yesterday with somebody who founded a band that has meant so much to me for my oh. entire life. They're called the Be Good Tanya's. They're, they're oh my cute. gosh, totally. I love the Be Good Tanya's. Yeah. So I got to talk to Samantha yesterday and wow. uh, I've, I mean, I've admired her for my whole entire life. And when there's something that happens when we have this conversation about creativity, about this thing, there's this, like, it just has been wanting to come out so much that there's this magic around these conversations. I couldn't do anything for the rest of the day. Like, I just felt like I was floating in this, like, or I can't wait for everybody to hear that episode. That'll 
come out in a couple months. I'm not sure when. You know, I think that's such an interesting, I don't know, call it filter to start with, because you could think of almost anyone to talk to and, and start there. And the, the conversation would be absolutely fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking this afternoon uh, to a man. I don't know if I should even say who it is, but anyway, he's a, he's a character actor. He's a Hollywood character actor who, you know, who he is. Like you dropped seen, something you, on your Instagram about this. I've been super curious. Yeah. You'll giggle when you find out who he is, but he's, uh, he's epic. He's a legend. He's an amazing actor, but he's done all these little, he's made a career out of making very small parts, really memorable. Yeah. And there've been a, there was a party that was like, how are you going to talk to a Hollywood actor about creativity? And then I was like, what are you talking about? Like, if, like, think of all the things, like, yeah. It's the perfect it's in, person to talk to. It's in, and it's in everything. I mean, I could talk to my lawyer. I could talk to, yeah. you know, I mean. Which is the whole point. That's the whole point. And I do, that is, I mean, I've talked to a lot of painters so far because that was the community that I was in and they really kind of gathered around me and helped me launch the podcast. And there was a lot of those guests at the beginning, yeah. but I do, I want to talk to musicians. Like it was so amazing to talk to, to Sam yesterday about like, how do you write a song and how does, so you know, how does that lyric come to you? And and cause it's all, it's talking to us in a million different ways. And a million, and I just, I think that's the point of my podcast too, is like hearing stories from everyday people that are maybe even people that you admire right? about how it works for them, gives you permission to go, Oh, I thought I was weird yes. that that happens to me. See, oh, that's that what I yeah. love about this is, is it, it's a, it levels the playing field. It gives permission. Yeah. So important. I love yeah. that you're doing this and putting this into the world. Thank you. Yeah. It feels like a great honor to do it. And I'm, I'm very, very lucky and happy to be doing it. And you said that it just kind of came to you as you were walking your dog. Yeah. Well, you know, as anybody and everybody who's been through a difficult thing knows it takes up all so much of your energy, right. For so long to just survive a difficult situation. And I kind of had this inkling. I was like, Oh, I know this is going to come to an end. Wonder what I'll do with all my energy. Like, I wonder what will, like I was kind of uh, spending on this. Yeah. I was a little bit excited towards the end, towards the end of walking yeah. through that fire. And sure enough, one day in June, I was walking the dog early in the morning and I heard a voice say to me, okay, and now you'll start a podcast. And your first guest will be Anang Beam, who is episode two. She's, she's an amazing, amazing. Oh God. She's amazing. I love her. And her episode is amazing too. Like I, I've listened I did. To that. I listened to that when, when you first reached out to me, cause she's, she's somebody I just think is doing amazing things. And so I was just like, wow, you know, I love that. I love and you that. can listen to that episode. I've listened to that episode about 12 times myself beyond the editing process, like just to go back and listen to her talk. And like, there's so many things in that episode, but I whipped Bean around paints. in that moment. Yeah. Bean paints. Yeah, yeah, she does. So she was raised on a reserve. Uh, she's an indigenous woman in Ontario who, whose father was a famous contemporary Canadian painter. The first indigenous man who was bought as a contemporary painter by our national museum or a national gallery and not as like ethnographic, like look at his basket, but like, look at this art right, that he made. Right, right. Um, and so she had this kind of wild childhood, but he taught her how to harvest pigments from the land that they lived on. And so she now makes these watercolors and like, Oh they're my beautiful. God, they're so beautiful. But I literally whipped around in that moment. Cause I didn't know her at that time. We had, she loved my jewelry and I loved her paints. And so I had reached out to her, I think uh. like in April of that year saying like, ah, you know, I'd had a couple of glasses of wine. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what do you think about a trade? You know, cause I'm a starving artist and whatever. She's like, me too. Let's do it. Uh, so she sent me this beautiful, like this off cut, huge piece of off cut wood with all the paint in it. And yeah. it's gorgeous. Oh, and I sent her some cedar earrings and stuff. And so we sort of became friends, but then, so it was, but it was weird that, that her, I'm on this walk with my dog and this voice comes out of nowhere saying, okay, you're going to start a podcast and it's going to be a nun who's going to be your first guest. And I literally whipped around and I was like, what are you even talking about? I'm the most introverted, quiet, stumble over my own words. No one wants to hear me talk. And the other thing is in grade one, my music teacher had told me to stop singing and to be quiet because my voice was so bad that nobody would want to hear me. Nobody oh. would want to hear my voice. Could I please stand in the back row and just mouth the words? So that, oh, no. So my whole voice, my whole life, I'd been like my voice. And so to like a podcast, why would I make people listen to this horrible voice that I have? You have the best, about- most soothing podcast voice, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I had, so, but just all that to say, it was not on my bucket list. Right. That was right? not, yeah. It, had it was not, not on my like, your mind. 2020 is the 2021 is the year that I do a podcast. <laughs> no, it wasn't. 
so interesting. But it was so, it was such a clear message. You know, you get those sometimes you get like a clear, you just have a moment yeah. where you're like, there's your muse coming life. up. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I meant earlier when I was saying, sometimes it does yell at you. Yeah. yeah. It got my attention and I didn't even know what the podcast would be about. I had to like, really like, what will we talk about? And what will I say? And what will I, and it, you know, so there was some thought that had to go into it and I had to reflect quite a bit on it. And then it just sort of happened and yeah, the rest yeah. is sort of history. Uh, well, I'm sure glad. I'm sure glad it's in the, it's out there. Thank you. Yes. So, you know, I love to find out who's inspiring you. And I, and I know there's many, cause we've, we've talked about some great people already, but if you had to pick a few today, who's inspiring you? Oh, on what level painting wise? I really love Pamela Bates, Pamela Bates. And she was actually a guest on the show too. She was in episode six, I think. She just has this sort of irreverence for rules and this joy for, and so much joy. And I just am so inspired by her joy and her freedom. I think that she's just an amazing artist. And my friend, Beth Suter too. Again, these are all, <laughs> these are all people who are so close to me because they're in the podcast, but she uh, came on the show and she talked to me about moon cycle oh, yeah, you mentioned stuff. That. Yeah. And I had never really thought about that, even though I have a jewelry company called morning moon, like, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> it's all about the moon and the moon, this and this. but she's really inspired me to sort of think differently about my creative process and the cadence that, mm. you know, our energy likes to move in goes through. And she's, she's kind of just like trailblazing. I think a lot of stuff yeah. in the, in moon planning and in doing that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I think those are kind of my two the other thing that, and it's not a person, so I don't know if this counts, but what is, I think probably the most inspiring force in my life right now is this tide that's rising with yeah. creativity itself. And there are, you know, there, you said that. the, the willingness for people to have this conversation and to, and the hunger for this conversation, because to me, there's so much possibility wrapped up in that, in that what, what's happening. Allowing right that to be important. Yeah. yeah. I really, I think so too. I, I was lucky enough to have a pilot dad. So I traveled, uh, I was able to travel for very little and, and we had friends in places that I could stay. And I being a, this design, you know, thinking, what am I going to do with myself creative career wise design major with really sort of no tether. Um, and I would travel to England and I would go to the craft council. And this was in the when, when was, can I, it was in the eighties. I was like, what is in the nineties? I was going to say, I was like, no, no, it was actually in the eighties. Um, and I would go because craft, even the word in the United States at that time meant Holly hobby quilts. It meant, you know, helping hands at home, strawberry pin cushion, tea cozy or whatever. And it did not mean what it means now. But in England, it was revered, absolutely right. revered. And, and, t and, and I don't mean the tea cozy. Well, yes, tea cozy is revered there, but you know, but a, a craft and a craftsperson was, so I would go into the crafts council and they had these slide. It was kind of a thing that pulled out from the wall and there was, it was lit behind and I could pull out and I could look at all these slides and by artists, by, by, um, material and drawers and drawers of just, and I would just think, first of all, what am I doing in the United States? I need to be here. <laughs> that was my first thing. And because it's, it's just looked at differently, the, the creative process, what a person makes. And I would look at the creative schools and education. And could I be an art teacher, maybe in a, in a school that stood for creativity and kids, you know, all these things were going through my mind, but I love seeing, and I remember when I lived in Minneapolis it, and the smaller kind of urban craft shows were starting to happen. And I would go and think, this is what I'm talking. There's men here creating things. There's, look at what they're calling craft. You know, it's made out of leather. It's made out of wood. It's made out of fabrics, made out of glass, made out of, it's all the things. And, you know, and I think over the last, I don't know, 20 years, probably we've had definitely a strong resurgence in that, but just to what you're saying, creativity and being creative. And I mean, nerds align, right? Create video computers, video games. That's what we spend so much of our time doing. 
and that was not cool for the longest time. And, and I, I think our kids are going to look at creativity in a whole, whole different way, but I'm very, that was a roundabout way to say, I see it showing up in such a different way. And I'm so grateful for that. And I think the conversation that you're having with your guests is endless. I can't wait to plug into those because you're right. You could have anybody and say, what do you, what do you feel about creativity? What do you do? I might see you as my UPS driver, but what's your creative genius? What do you, what do you think about creativity? And like yeah. the coolest story would come from that. The coolest totally. conversation. Totally. And I, and I think it also gives us and the, and the medicine of it is that it gives us permission to embrace that part of ourselves. Yeah. Because, you know, even having this conversation is an incredibly creative act. We're collaborating together to create this thing together. But I just, yes, thank you for this conversation. And thank you for putting more of this into the world. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to want to circle back and have more, keep talking about this for sure. Anytime. It's like, like I said, it's this whole, this is the love of my life. So I'll talk about it anytime you want. I love coming here today. Yeah. Thank you so much, Kate, for sharing this. And it's the Creative Genius Podcast. And I'll, you know, we'll have everything in the show notes, but love Love Morning Moon is your jewelry line. Yeah, Love Morning Moon on Instagram and lovemorningmoon.com. And then on Instagram, my personal art, if you want to see the video, I took a video of that I was telling you about the kids and the piece that we made the other day. There's a reel. So if people want to go back and find the reel, it's at Kate Shepard Creative. Yes. As H-E-P-H-E-R-D. And then the Creative Genius Podcast at the Creative Genius Podcast. Fantastic. All sorts of good ways to find you. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's it for this episode of Windowsill Chats. Thanks so much for being here with me. It's just so great to be able to bring you these conversations with the fantastic people and wonderful friends that I've met and made along the way. Make sure you subscribe to Windowsill Chats on your favorite podcast app and please share it with a friend. And if this episode spoke to you, I'd really appreciate it if you would also leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can just go to the bottom of the episode you've just listened to and it'll let you leave a review. If you have any questions or want to check out more details or inspiration that we talked about, head over to the show notes at windowsillchats.com or tantowstudio.com. They'll both take you to the same place. I can't wait to share more stories with you again next week. I value your time and I absolutely believe in your potential. Have a great one, everyone, and stay creatively curious.